Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, and get your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And uh, joining us on the Cania Sada, of course, is La Reina de Playa Larga and Babyface. Let's just get right into it. Uh, the Dodgers have just finished a sweep of the Cerveceros. They have won 11 games in a row, and I'm convinced now they are never going to lose again. Uh, I, I, I got it right, right, Reina? I mean, 11 games in a row, that's not a bad streak. I think we've lost one in the last 12, give or take. Right. Now, here, here's the thing that I go back to. Um, and I, I think this is a what you can say about a very long baseball season is everything evens out. Right. A lot of it really just depends on who you're playing and when you're playing them. Uh, look, the Dodgers have they can only play the people that are on their schedule and the people that are ahead of them. They have played some bad teams and they've also played some teams that aren't playing very well, that are going through it. The Cerveceros were a first-place team. It was supposed to be a test for the Dodgers because they were going to play the Cerveceros. The Marlins, who are coming up, are fighting. Uh, they are in the playoff in the in the wild card right now. Uh, so this was supposed to be a good test. But obviously the Cerveceros are going through something because they haven't been playing very well so much so that they have allowed the Cachorros to get back into the National League Central. So we have to take that in with a grain of salt. But if you look at this series, the Dodgers won the first game 6-2. to two. They won the second game of the series 7-1. to one, And then they won today's game 1-0. to nothing. Uh, We will get to the Austin Barnes uh, the moment. It, 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 we'll get to that in a second. But I just want to acknowledge... Yes, the offense is is carrying them through these games. The offense is, is doing their part, but it's got to be a damn good sign for a team where not only are they winning games where they're just killing people offensively, but they can also win one to nothing games, right, babyface? Well, yeah, I mean this this today's game out of all of them, today's was more like I guess a playoff type matchup, right? You have Corbin Burns going for the Brewers, right? You know, uh, Lance Lynn going for the Dodgers. So, yeah, I mean, he's been playing, you know, he's been pitching lights out for them. So, 
I mean, that's the type of pitching you're going to see in the playoffs, right? You're going to get their aces. You're going to get their their best guys going, and you might not be able to get, you know, runs, right? In in and they had to wait till the eighth inning, right? Once Corbin Burns came out, unlikely hero Austin Barnes hits one out, right? So, and that's what exactly happens in the playoffs as well, right? You get guys that you're not expecting them to do something big, and they come up in that moment and they do something big. So I think that today's game was, you know, going forward was a, a huge, a huge test to show, you know, what you know, we're ready for this. We we can we can face their best and. You know, we might not, you know, get six, seven runs, but we'll stay in this game until, you know, we get a better better shot at it later. There, were, there was also a lot going into this, too. Like, it was kind of the perfect storm of, of everything great. You've got Kirsch coming back from the IL pitching really well. You've got Lance Lynn, who just went uh, seven innings. You've got Bobby Miller going six. Our offense is playing small ball and hitting the long ball, which just makes my heart sing. But you've also got some of the other teams, whether they're just going through it or we intimidate them. There were a lot of calls that went our way. I mean, we had two catchers interference just on J.D. Martinez alone yesterday. One of those calls went in our favor and scored a run the second time it happened. Like there was a lot happening in all of these games. And luckily it, it came out like what was Kirsch's thing? Like it's better to be lucky than good. I think it's good to be both. <laughs> and I think that's kind of where we're at right now. Well, you bring up an excellent point right now, because not only the catchers interferences, like the Cedric Settles were supposed to be a good defensive team. They, that play that the center fielder made on Wednesday's game, which I still think, they gave Federico a credit for a double. That should have been an error. And then you go back to the Rockies game with Profar. He totally bought. So whether it's luck or whether the Dodgers are forcing these miscues on these other teams, clearly things are going their way, which leads me to this. Babyface, you were at the game on Wednesday when Roberts brought this up. Tell me what, what do you mean by they always get hit this time. Like what, what does that mean? I mean, they always get hot during this time, right? During, um, if you go back the last couple of seasons, when it gets to like August, September is when they've gone on those crazy runs, right? You know, they'll go whatever, 20 and eight in a month or something like that. And they'll go on these ridiculous runs and kind of, Doc was saying, you know, this is kind of, you know, when everybody calls it, it's it's the kind of the, those dog days of summer. But this is this is when they like step up and they got to get ready and, and they can't show that, you know, they can't get tired. They know there's still more to go. And this is kind of when they need to step up and play really good baseball to close out the year. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about, uh, Reina. Does it concern you that the Dodgers are getting hot now? And it's like, how much longer can they sustain this? And then the playoffs come, and they've already had their hot streak for the, for the season. And I I, that, I think it was, was it in 2017, Babyface, or was it in 2016 when they went on that huge run on the road where they won all these consecutive games? And it was like, oh, this is it. This is going to be their year. And then they, they come up short. Uh, I mean, we saw it last year. I mean, they, they got hot and they stayed hot and then you eventually come down. You can only stay high for so long. Reina, are you concerned that maybe the Dodgers are peaking too soon? 
I don't think so. I, I They don't know how to throttle back. Like, they can't do stuff halfway. So I think the first part of the season was really figuring out how they work together. You've got a bunch of veteran players. You've got a bunch of rookies who've never been in the show before. If they have, they've only tasted it for a second. Everybody's still figuring out how to work together, especially with key pieces leaving the team. So as you start to move towards that better cohesion, which we've seen after the All-Star break, I think now just that they're firing on all cylinders, is it sustainable? Probably not. You're not going to win every game. Would it be nice? Absolutely. But they're not going to go halfway to the end of the season. And and I don't think, honestly, that we would want them to do that anyway. So there's going to be some losses before before the end, but we've at least put ourselves in a position to be in a good spot for the postseason. And hopefully we don't burn out. I mean, that's all we can do is hope, right? Well, one of the things I find very interesting, and I think he, I know he mentioned it a couple of times in the pregame scrums this week, and I think he might have also mentioned it at All Access, Babyface. It seems like Roberts is very aware of what happened last year, and he is adamant that it's not going to happen again. So that lends me to this whole letdown thing. Was it that last year, because the Dodgers really didn't face any animosity, that when they finally did face it against the show pods, they didn't know how to react to it? Like they just sat there kind of dumbfounded, like what, what's what's happening? But it seems like there is already, I mean, we are in August, in the middle of August. The Dodgers are 10 games up, on, I think 10 and a half now, on the, on the Gigantes. I mean, he's already fielding questions like, how are you going to keep this team engaged for the rest of the season now that they basically wrapped up the, the the division? It does feel like Roberts has a sense of urgency and maybe the fact that they did lose to the show pods last year is something that's going to help these guys. Uh, Babyface, have you been hearing the same thing? Are you surprised by the fact that usually Roberts is even keeled and it's like, you know, slow and steady wins the race? But it seems like he's ratcheting it up like we cannot let down. Yeah, and I think one one of the big differences, too, that I'm noticing from this year to last year, um, and we talked about this last year a lot, there was a lot of inconsistencies with it. Even though they won 111 games, you know, they, they, they'd have games where they wouldn't score, they wouldn't do anything, or their pitching was good. Like, it was kind of up and down, but they'd still win a lot, but they'd have those games where it was just a lot of inconsistencies. And I think this year, you know, since, you know, once they got past, you know, the injuries and kind of the start of the season and, and then kind of got their footing, they've kind of been just going and then and they're going. And it's kind of the same thing night in, night out. And different guys are the heroes. Like you could be, you know, from the top of the top of the lineup to the bottom of the lineup, you're getting these different guys. You're getting different pitchers stepping, stepping up. So I think I think um, that's one of the key differences. Also, like you're saying, Doc is talking about like, at, at, at all access how he's gonna he's gonna kind of he wants to um manage with more i guess more um urgency during the playoffs he, he knows kind of maybe last year he didn't do it and that kind of reminds me of 2020 right when they were in 2020 i felt like he did manage with a lot of urgency right bringing in julio in situations doing doing those type of those types of moves as you know not necessarily looking at the analytics kind of knowing you know what this is what we need in this situation and it's good to hear that Roberts is talking about that already, you know, with still a month and a half till the playoffs. That's a very interesting point that you bring up, Babyface. Uh, Reina, have you been seeing that? Especially this week, I, I, I feel like he's made very decisive decisions in the sense like, I'm only going to let Kershaw go five. 
I'm not going to, as much as Kershaw feels like he can keep going, I, it, it's all about keeping him fresh for the playoffs. Um, I mean, he said this before when we were in San Diego. Uh, he's not going to push Lance Lynn, even though Lance Lynn is a guy who could go over 100 pitches. I thought he was going to let him come out for the eighth because he was only like, I think he had mid-80s or late-80s in terms of a pitch count. I thought maybe, you know, wow, he's going to let Lance in, but no. Seven was great. You know, we, we can do this. Bobby Miller with six. I, I I mean, he does seem like he's very decisive. And maybe you're right, because coming off of 2019 and losing to the Nationals, I think, was a gut punch. And maybe these things that happened to the Dodgers in the past are actually good things. I mean, he pulling Lance Lynn, pulling Kershaw last night, I think that is just knowing the team. We do want to save them for the postseason. So I think that goes back to kind of what I was saying a second ago. This team doesn't know how to half-ass anything. They're going to go all in. So if he knows that, he's got to throttle them back himself. Um, and I, I'm hoping that that does save them the wear and tear that they that we normally go into the postseason with. You see guys just totally gassed by the time we get there and then we're going up against these teams that maybe kind of coasted their way in they didn't have to they didn't try to win as many games as we did and so they're not as tired so I'm hoping that him taking stock of this will will definitely help us in the long run I mean you just described Clayton Kershaw I I really think that that is part of what has contributed to his especially his early struggles in the playoffs was because he carried this team he carried this team so much with his pitching performance, especially the year he won the MVP. So being able to give him some time off or maybe limit those innings, even though Kershaw wants to keep going deep into games, that's going to pay off in the postseason, hopefully. Um, I want to sit here and, and get my point because I know that everyone else is going to start claiming this because Austin Barnes had himself a game. And I just want to let you guys know, I'm taking notes. I know how much shit you guys talked on Austin Barnes on social media. And now Austin Barnes wins single-handedly, wins the game. He's like the only guy who can hit Corbin Burns. And he hits a home run. And I was very happy for him. And more importantly, I, I think it speaks to what's going on with this team. Did you see the reaction in the dugout? when Austin Barnes went in the dugout after hitting that home run and how basically that team just like hugged him and they embraced him. Look, those dudes, they know he's not having a great season. I mean, they know he's struggling and for him, I mean, what does that mean to you? Right. All of a sudden, this might be the beginning of a tear that Austin Barnes goes on, which is going to be a good thing. You should be rooting for Austin Barnes to start playing better because it's going to give Will Smith uh, maybe some more rest. I know that Robert says that Will Smith is having some mechanics issues, but he he does not look like the same Will Smith from the first half. Has anybody else noticed that, Reina? I think that that goes back to, I know when we had Yasmani Grandal on the team, a lot of people would give him flack when we got to the postseason of how you know, he's he's just not great in the postseason. I think it's also it was a little bit of the same thing. He carried the team most of the season. By the time you get there, you're dragging a little bit. And that's when you need to be sharp. But if you don't have that that consistency all the way through, you don't have somebody spelling you, it is going to take its toll. And I think we're seeing that with Will Smith right now, where, you know, if we can get Austin Barnes 
back up, you know, to speed that it, it again goes to the stats on the back of the card versus the humanity. You, you definitely want the guy to win. Um, the stats haven't showed that so far this season, but if he can turn that around, he's going to feel better. The team's going to feel better. And then hopefully the fan base follows with that as well. I mean, Will Smith's swing does look a little, I mean, he was swinging through fastballs that were right down the middle today. Uh, but I also feel like they're really busting him inside. So I'm very curious to see uh, the league has clearly found something. I think that is effective towards Will Smith. I'm curious to see if he can make the adjustment and if maybe him trying to make that adjustment try, because I feel like he's trying to go to the opposite field. And I think maybe that's why his swing looks so odd. And, and maybe that's the mechanics issue that Roberts is talking about, because I do feel like they are just busting him inside and he can't, but look, like I said, because I know everyone's going to start saying, I always believed in Austin Barnes. Austin Barnes was my man. We were the only people. We're the only podcast that came to Austin Barnes defense, not when he hit a home run, but when he was still struggling, we kept saying, look, Austin Barnes, and it goes to your point, baby face. Yes. Thursday's game against the San Vicentos absolutely felt like a playoff game. And it's usually some guy that you don't expect getting a big hit or being a hero. And this is why having 26 guys on a roster is, is, is important. All of these guys contribute. And I totally understand now at the beginning of the year when everybody was like, give the rookies a chance, give a rookies a chance. Look what the Dodgers did. They brought in veterans, and then they added more veterans at the trade deadline. They're veterans for a reason. These are guys that have been there before. They know how to do it. Um, any praise, any love for Austin Barnes, babyface? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you saw the post-game interview he did. I mean, like you know, we discussed this before. Like Austin Barnes knows he's struggling, right? He knows his, the season hasn't gone for him right the way he wants it, right? The team's doing great. And that's awesome, right? But, you know, when for him personally, what he's, you know, doing for the team, like he knows he's he's struggled. But, I mean, he's he's a team player. The team, we saw how the team loves him, right? They celebrated with him. They knew, they know the struggles he's going through. And, you know, that's all you can ask for. You know, he's still doing his work. He's still, you know, it's not like he's, oh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a really bad year. Forget it. I'm not even going to do the work. I'm just going to whatever, take the rest of the season off or whatever. But, no, he's still there. He's doing his work. And it's gonna pay off at times, like you know, times like tonight. It's gonna, it's gonna show, and he's gonna get those big hits, and that's all you could ask for, you know, going forward and to finish out this rest of the season. And you know, we said this before, he is on the playoff roster. He will be there. So, you know, we we need to, like you said, we need to root for Austin Barnes to continue to help this team. I wish the Boatman was on this show because we all know how much the Boatman loves Austin Barnes. I would have loved for the Boatman to be able to defend this. Even the last time the Boatman was on the show, he did give uh, Austin Barnes some love. Uh, a, a guy who does deserve some love, though, is Lance Lynn. Uh, you know, Lance Lynn, ever since coming over from the trade, I mean, his ERA now is under two. He gave them seven innings. And Lance Lynn is a dude, it seems, that he brings a different element to this team, uh, similar to what Joe Kelly brings, uh, the ambassador. We talked about this a little bit uh, on the last episode, but there was a lot of people who were trying to practice the art of reading lips today. For anybody who was watching the Spectrum Sportsnet uh, broadcast, uh, 
Lance Lynn was very demonstrative, and uh, there was a lot of F-bombs there. I mean, for him to get out of that inning with first and second and no outs, you tip your hat, but I got to sit here. I've been holding off on this because I I want to give it a little more time, but I know we're going to end up devoting an episode to Andrew Friedman and the moves that he made at the trade deadline. But I just want to point this out, guys. Lance Lynn had an ERA over six. Andrew Friedman trades for him. We go, well, he's going to be serviceable. He's going to give them innings and and all that stuff. And then everybody prior to this was saying that Giolito was the best pitcher available, that they should have gone after Giolito. The Angels made that bad move. And now you look at what Giolito has done since the trade deadline. And what Lance Lynn has done since the trade deadline, you got to give Andrew Friedman his flowers. Those, the nerds know what they're doing and they pick the right White Sox pitcher. Now, here's the thing, Reina, if Lance Lynn pick continues to pitch like this, you have to have him start one of those games and that roster because all of a sudden now, this Dodgers pitching staff is looking very, very different. Julio is pitching much better. If Lance Lynn continues to pitch like this, he's got to be at least one of those guys that you turn to to pitch in the first three games of whatever playoff series you end up playing in, right? Yeah, not only is he eating innings, but he's he's keeping runs down. Everybody was worried about, you know, people hitting the long ball off of him, but he's managed to keep it down. And in the cases where it has gotten a little out of control, I think it was once, our, our offense bolstered, it, bolstered him. So... He definitely deserves a spot there because he he's proven that he can do it just in the few games that that we've seen. So if he can consistently keep that up, absolutely. So uh, one point to Andrew Friedman, and then you get your point for Austin Barnes. So just for those keeping score. Oh wow! Look at La Reina making sure she's just handing out points here left left and right. I, I babyface, you were there when Dave Roberts talked about leaders in the clubhouse in. Here's the thing is Lance Lynn is, is new to this team, but I, I feel like we all seen how happy go lucky these teams. Like to me, he's the anti geeky, right? Lance Lynn seems like he's an intense dude, but at the same time, when I've talked to him in the clubhouse, he seems like he's an approachable dude. Like you can talk to him. He really seems like it's a guy that you can just go to the bar and have a beer with. But Funny that field, you mentioned the anti Kike. Did you see that picture of the two of them together? Uh, go, go ahead, Reina. Go ahead and <laughs> describe it because you are the president of the Kike Hernandez fan club. <laughs> you've got the, I think it was team picture day, and you've got Lance Lynn on the top tier of the whatever they were standing on, and you've got Kike right below him, and Lance Lynn has his arms down around him, and Kike's just kind of holding on. Looks like a cute father-son picture, but it was it was it, it was nice to see the playful side of the of the team, of, of course, of those two. But just of the team in general. So sorry to interrupt your monologue, but no, 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 the no, anti Kike comment. <laughs> I triggered you. I get it. I, I get it. Look, <laughs> I'm at the games. I, I mean, to me, he gets a louder ovation than Federico Hombre Libre and then Mookie. Like it is a noticeable pop when Kike comes up to the plate. Like people love Kike. But we've heard about this all season long. Like 
everybody says, you know, we go in that dugout or in that clubhouse and everybody talks about how much they love playing together, how much they love being around this team. I mean, Miguel Rojas told us that when they go on the road, they find they do at least one event all, all together, right? So you have that, that lightheartedness, but then you have guys like Lance Lynn or the ambassador. I mean, the ambassador knows how to have a good time too, but the ambassador has an intensity. Lance Lynn is one of those guys that I feel like picks up his lunch pail and he's coming into work and he's not going to mess around and he, and he's going to do it. And so like that to me is, you kind of need dudes like that on the team, right? Babyface. Yeah. And if you remember back before the season started, when we had um, Mark DeRosa on to talk about team USA, right? Yeah. He brought up Lance Lynn, right? Little did we know that he would be a Dodger, a Dodger you know, yeah. at, at the end of the year. Right. And he was talking how about the type of player that Lance Lynn is, you know, he was saying he's the type of dude that you want on your team, that he's going to go out there and battle for you every single time. And in the short time that we've seen Lance Lynn, it's exactly what Mark DeRosa told us. So, I mean, Lance Lynn, he's been great. You know, you know, when we originally were talking about what, what moves can they make, right? We mentioned Lance Lynn. Like, we just like, you know, he's, this is a dude that's going to come over, give you innings, right, and just pitch, right? But, I mean, he's, pitch, he's pitching like an ace, right? He's pitching. He's really bringing it right now. So, when you talk about, like, potential playoff, like, rotations, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, probably like Kershaw, Lynn, Julio, and then probably like uh, like Miller. And and I'm going, you know, with 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 that start just to break up the lefties, right? One, two, three. Yeah. So that's probably how I would look at it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be very interesting. You brought up the the leaders uh, conversation, and one of the things, though, I, I mean, it's a very different. Well, I mean, let's talk about it. Is it that different? Like last year, to me, the leader on this, the leaders on this team, it was, it was Kershaw and it was Justin Turner. Now, this year, it's it's Mookie and it's Federico. Do you think, Reina, that Mookie and Federico have a different leadership style than Justin Turner? Like to me, it, those are dudes that just lead by example. I mean, I mean, Dave Roberts talked about valuable, right? You know, an MVP. What's valuable? Showing up to work every day. That's Federico. You know, whether he's hurt or not, Federico's playing every day. What Mookie does, position-wise, playing different positions because the team needs him to play different positions. I mean, that's that's leadership. So, I mean, is it any different what Federico and Mookie are doing this year than what guys like Kershaw and Justin Turner did last year? It could just be the personalities and the, and the mix of people that are in, in the clubhouse now versus who were there last year. It could not be maybe any difference in style from a perceivable, like from looking from the outside in. It could just be, hey, this is what we needed this year with this group of guys. And you, you they are leading by example. You can add in Kershaw into that too. He's probably not as communicative on the days that he's pitching, but people look at his work ethic and they copy that. So you've got somebody from the, from the pitching staff that you have the better, the the rookies that can look up to. And then you've got Mookie and you've got Fred, Freddie. And so, you know, you've already got that there and then you add in the playful aspect. So like Freddie and Mookie are kind of like the parents that, okay, this is what we need to copy. And then you've got Rojas, you've got Kike in there that are adding that playful component 
And then the fact that these guys love being together and support each other, you can see it in their videos. I think, was it Peralta did, did a video with Rojas yesterday yeah. for picture day. And like, you could see just everybody getting along. It wasn't forced. It wasn't like, oh gosh, somebody has a camera and I have to go be on it. Like they genuinely like being together and that shows on and off the field. And I think it makes all the difference in the world. Just different mix of guys, right time, right place. Babyface, what did you get about that leadership conversation yesterday that Roberts had? So basically, Roberts was talking about there's other leaders, right? Maybe guys that we don't think as leaders that kind of they need to kind of step out of their comfort zone, right? So there's guys that are stepping out and kind of showing, you know what, I need to speak up here. And you know, he's, he was talking about, you know, there's been guys that they, you know they tell other guys, hey, we don't we don't do things like that. You know, this is how we kind of do it and kind of show them the ropes and 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 you know he's saying you know and everybody buys into it you know he's talking about other guys too like you know like jason hayward you know you know guys you know the veterans that are that are there right and i think those guys you know and even like people like lance lynn right they've been around the game you know you've got you you know you have young guys bobby miller james Altman, and they're trying to learn right now they're trying to grasp everything that they can from these guys these these veterans and you know they're all buying into it like i mean we've talked about this before like this whole team is buying into every every single thing that they're doing. Like you know, Roberts was also saying, like you know, guys want to be they want they're ba- they're professional baseball players. They want to be there all the time. They want to be the guy, right? They want to be the guy that gets that hit. Um, you know, he mentioned like the, again, like Jason Hayward after he hit that home run and he got taken out, he got pinched hit in that next at bat, right? It's not something as a player like, dude, like why are you taking me out, right? But they're all buying into it. You know what? We're trying to win this game right now. And everything else, we, we, we need to take you know buy into what we're doing and take a step back because they know what their their goal is going forward. Yeah, another perfect example of that was when uh, uh, Roberts pinch hit for uh, La Reina's favorite player in the history of the world, Kike. When he used Kike to pinch hit for David Peralta, and then Kike got that double. And the it, Robert said it, the first person on the step of the dugout to congratulate the RBI being dri- driven in was Peralta, the guy that got pinch hit for. So I, I do feel like there is a sense, and I've seen some comments like this on, uh, you know, on social media where it's like, come on, guys, they won 111 games last year. Last year, you know, whether you want to look back and have revisionist history and say, Oh, it was, they dominated. It wasn't that fun. Look, you loved every minute of them winning almost every single game. Okay. But I have been hearing a lot of, uh, seeing a lot of comments that this year's team is better than last year's team. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I think what is obvious is what you just said, babyface. I think with this year's team, you are seeing more of a, the, Role players doing what I think is selfless baseball, whether it's moving runners over or hitting sacrifice flies. I think that that is very obvious that this is happening more with this team. And and you've given the examples where there's, there's just like, look, whatever is best for the team. And I don't know if it was because they had such a dominant season last year that you didn't see that last year or am i doing revisionist history here reina i think it's a little harder to see when you're winning so many games we we get so spoiled here in la that we win a lot so that even when we lose it it almost feels twice as bad like 
we lost. Like most baseball teams, there's there's going to be wins and losses. So I think it's just a different team. Every every, every year is going to be different. They're going to have different cohesion. I think this team is excelling at playing for the name on the front. You're not seeing the people where, you know, there are some teams where like, I'm going to go pad my stats. I have a, I have a bonus coming up. I'm not going to be selfless. I'm going to go out there and do what I need to, because maybe I have a, a contract coming up. It feels like with this team, none of that stuff matters. They are playing for the name on the front. The goal is to get to the world series if, if we can. And, and that's what they're working towards, you know, no matter what. Well, I mean, and maybe that's what it is, is maybe the fans are reacting more to the amount of fun that they see these guys playing where last year it seemed very businesslike, right? Babyface. Yeah. And I mean, I look back to like uh, when Kike got here, right. When he came back, like, you know, you know, why did he leave? Right. He left a couple of years ago, right. Cause he was here, you know, he played his role, you know, he was part-time. He did what, what, what was asked of him, but, naturally right he wanted you know what i want to be kind of i want to be the guy i want to get paid right and he went to boston you know he had some success that first year but the, the after that he kind of struggled right and when he came back he knew you know what my role is going to be this it's going to be limited and and be put in when when they call me and i'm going to be ready and he's thriving in that role like i mean i mean maybe yeah you, you want to be that guy but this is this is what works for you right and it's working for him and and he like I said he he knows this environment and it's working for him and it's paying off. So, I mean, I think, I think guys, like, like you said, you know, guys are really buying into this, you know, they know, okay, you know, this person might be a better option right here in this situation and, and they're team players, they're, they're being team players. And I, and, and like you said, we can see that, you know, we see that, you know, on and off the field with these guys. Look, it's great. It's great to win. But I missed the fun. That is something that was missing last year, absolutely, for me. And so having the fun back and to be winning, I think, is the best combination. Well, obviously, you need to win, right? You got to take the winning. You got to take care of that part first. You can't have fun unless you're winning. And the fact that these guys are winning, and like like you said, Reina, if you haven't seen that video of, of Peralta and Miguel Rojas doing a, a behind-the-scenes on Picture Day, check it out. But it's it's stuff like that that it, it, it's it, it is infectious. Not only that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Reina, because you strike me as a Parks and Rec fan. Was that little Sebastian that was at the stadium the other day with Mookie? I mean, how often do you see a picture like that where Mookie is holding a, a leash to a, a small pony or a miniature horse? I don't know what you what you would consider it. And Mookie has a look on his face like, what the fuck? But, you know, that's how this season has gone for the Dodgers where it's like, here's a little horse. Okay, this is perfectly normal. I'll, I'll roll with it. They're just – they're – they're all having fun. I think you had an interview uh, on your segment with Mookie about that of, is he, you know, is he being more personable this year? Is he trying to like mix well? And I, that was a really great segment because I, I feel like it gave us a little more insight into him that we don't always get to see along with his podcast and the stuff that he's doing. So it's, it's just another way to connect with these players that we love that we're following every day in this, this telenovela that, that we watch that is baseball. Like, what are my characters doing? What are my players up to now? We get to see this other side of them. And it just, it, it adds another facet to the game that we already love. And see, and this is why the La Reina is such a pro. She totally plugged the bleed Los podcast, digital series, Sangronando, where I interview uh, 
you know, whether it's current Dodger players, former Dodger players, people around Dodger Stadium, that series is available on our YouTube channel. It is available through our social media. So we create content that is specific to the YouTube and the social media stuff that's not on the podcast. So that's why you guys need to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Not only our YouTube channel, but our Twitters. I know I'm supposed to call it X. It's going to be Twitter for me forever, just like crypto.com is always going to be staples. Uh, but our Instagram, because we have content that is specifically uh, for that. Um, and, and it also has a, a theme song that I'm trying to get on um, iTunes and Spotify that the fans okay. can download as well. First of all, I'm getting a lot of love on the new theme song to Sangronando, but I may have a little surprise coming up. One of our listeners, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to jinx it, but one of our listeners and a loyal listener reached out to me and he might be able to help me out. Uh, we're still working on this theme song, so hopefully I will have a surprise, uh, but I can't wait to share it. Yeah, he's working on it and, uh, uh, I look forward to see what he comes up with. Um, Are we getting the remix? I mean, I love the original, but like a remix. I, I would love to talk about it, but I don't even know what he's going to come <laughs> up with. So I'm still waiting, but I just love the fact that uh, our audience engages with us. And the fact that he reached out to me saying, Juan, I can help you. And I, I love that. This is why we have the best listeners. We have the best viewers. I, look, it, it, you guys have a lot of options when it comes to Dodger podcasts. There's a lot of Dodger podcasts, but I love the, the loyal fan base that we have who gets the show, gets what we're about and, and wants to be a part of it because you guys are a part of it. You guys are a part of this show. And uh, there, there, there may be a lot of other Dodger podcasts as well, but I don't think there's any other podcast that has the Bleedos bump. And, you know, you can ask Miguel, Miguel Rojas about that as well. And, you know, James Altman, you know, it kind of just goes on and on. And there is, you know, a segment with Miguel Rojas talking about the Bleedos Bump as well. That's right. It's another episode of Sangronando where Miguel Rojas acknowledges that the Bleedos Bump is a real thing. And I check that out. The one takeaway that I got from that is I love that he said, we put out positive vibrations. So there you go. For all of you guys who think I'm the Prince of Darkness, Miguel Rojas said that the Bleed Lose podcast gives out positive vibros. And maybe it's because La Reina de Playa Larga has joined the show and she's all, what did, what did you say the other day, Reina? It, with 2.5% uh, 2 2.5% more sunshine and rainbows. There we go. <laughs> Uh, so with that transition about how positive we are, let's go negative, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about this J.D. Martinez situation. Now, we've talked about this before. He he was a late scratch in uh, the game on Thursday against the Cerveceros. And we've talked about why Roberts, why the Dodgers have not put him on the I.L. And it is because he's a designated hitter. And uh, but. I've already seen the comments. Uh, people have been critical about the Dodgers not putting J.D. Martinez on the injured list. Like, they have a 10-and-a-half game lead. Now should be the time to put him on the injured list to allow him to try to heal. But I just want to give everybody a little dose of reality here. What J.D. Martinez is going through right now is the same thing that he went through last year at the end of last year. And it's what ended his season early last year. 
So I think that Reina explained it best. And so I want to turn the floor to you, Reina. This is a wear and tear type injury where, look, Roberts told us he, they gave him an epidural. They're waiting to see how this epidural, they don't know what's going on with this dude. They hope that the epidural is what fixes him. What's really going to suck, and I hope this doesn't happen, is if his season ends the same way it ended last year, because that guy makes a difference in the lineup and you're going to need him in the playoffs. But Reina, can you explain the, the wear and tear to do a better job of why I'm thinking, I, I don't know if you give this dude time off because I don't know if that's going to help for it to heal. I don't think you do. And when we were in the media scrum on Sunday's game, Roberts went into a little more detail about not just the wear and tear, but he was saying, even with the epidural, with this happening last year, that he has really good days. And then there are some days where the pain is just debilitating. You can't put somebody on the aisle for that. He's going to come in and he's going to feel great probably for a couple of games, come in and just crush it. And then there's going to be a day probably like today where he came in and maybe he wasn't debilitating pain. Those are Robert's words. So if that's the case, then you scratch him for the day. It's not like we have any shortage of people who can step into the DH role, but it based on what Roberts is saying, it doesn't make sense to put him on the IL. He's still here. He's still showing up. He, we saw him in the last two games. He, he was the difference maker in some cases. So he needs to continue to come in when he can. And if it is wear and tear, that's, that's the price you pay when you have players that are in their mid thirties, you know, kind of going towards that. Hey, I've been playing a while. My body's just taken that hit. That might be the same thing that, that we're dealing with, with Joe Kelly. That was something that Robert said too, is, you know, this is just normal wear and tear. These guys are human and not every situation calls for an IL stint. So babyface, how would you handle the JD Martinez situation? Would you put him on the IL? Well, first he did update today. Um, he he did uh, after the game. He updated the media. So basically, he's saying it's he's he's pretty sure it's not his back, and he thinks it's more of an uh, of that adductor. Uh, it's, he said it's kind of like a muscle injury, mm-hmm. and basic basically, it said it just kind of it just suddenly flares up on him. So you know, it says it's not that bad, but he, but he feels he feels the pain from you know time to time, and I think he said too like this was playoff time, he'd be going. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you know, give him, uh, give him some rest. You know, I know a lot of people are like are clamoring for like put him on the IL. We got this yeah. big lead and bring up Michael Bush, right? Because Michael Bush is tearing it up, right? I mean, okay, Michael Bush comes up, you know, for a couple of weeks, you know, and then what, right? We send him back down again, poor guy. Like again, hey, sorry, dude, but no. so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if if it kind of like depends what his his pain tolerance is like, you know, if, if, if it's something like, like you said, that's going to keep him out for a long time or where he can play every couple games, then maybe, yeah, maybe there is no reason to put him on the IL. Uh, regarding the Michael Bush thing, that's going to be dealt with in the off season that, I mean, in, in order just to be fair to this dude, they, they can't keep him down. They can't keep him in the minor leagues after this season again. Uh, I mean, Right now, the Oklahoma City Dodgers are going through it. I think they've lost eight out of nine, but Michael Bush continues to to, to rake. Um, but yeah, I, I I just hope. I mean, that's very encouraging to hear that if it was a playoff time, he he would be playing. But now I'm just curious: is how much is this going to affect him when when he's at the plate? 
you know i mean there's a difference between yeah i can play but if it is going to go if it is going to affect him is it going to be hurting the team more playing him than giving someone else a chance but look it's the middle of august we still have a month and a half for them to to monitor this i do see probably more days off in the future uh for for jd martinez and maybe that's not so such a bad thing because the fact that they're so platoon heavy giving all these guys consistent play i think it's just probably going to help them in the playoffs just to be sharp uh, because if all of a sudden you haven't played and you're called up to duty, that that's, that's really hard, really hard to do. Um, so uh, we're going to, we've gotten to that point in the show now where we're going to do our picks. And so we have a winner from last week and I don't think anyone expected this. And I, I, I know he's going to be super excited, but Simeon, our listener Simeon picked the Dodgers to go seven and zero. Now, mind you, Simeon the week before had picked them to go six and zero. So Simeon has been on this confidence with the Dodgers. I think Simeon saw this more than before anyone else saw it. But Simeon picked the Dodgers to go seven zero, and guess what? The Dodgers went seven and zero. So that's another win for our viewers and our listeners who now increase their lead by three games over the second place person, which is myself. And then now four games over Babyface, And uh, Lorena, hey, you got on the board. So, you know, and... I'm good holding down the bottom. That's fine. If it means that we're winning, I'll take it. Exactly. So now, same routine, guys. We're going to do six games. The next six games we're talking about are the Marlins of Miami coming into Dodger Stadium this weekend. And then uh, they go on the road and they start three game. They play a three game set against the Guardians of Cleveland. So uh, let's go to the ladies line. Uh, Reina, how are you feeling? I'm going to go four and two only because they're going to be traveling and they're coming off this pretty heavy. You know, they've been playing pretty heavy for, for August. So, you know, with travel and whatnot, we might drop a couple. I hope we don't. I hope we continue to rake, but um, I'm going to go four and two. I hear you. Uh, but I think this team is on a roll. Um, I think you're right, but I'm going to go five and one and there's weird things coming up. I know. So I'm probably going to miss this one, but I'm going to go five and one because I just feel like they're just playing too good right now. They're, they're on this roll, but with the Marlins of Miami coming into town for the first time, in I don't know how many years, there's going to be a hurricane off the coast of California. So we're going to get some bad weather. I, I, I Reina, do you know how long it's been before since we've experienced that uh, a hurricane off of the coast of California? They're saying like the lot, it's been at least 40 years, if not more. And that there was one, I think in like the thirties. So I, yeah, I thought, I, I that, I thought that's what I heard was the thirties. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on a cliff. So hopefully the water doesn't pull too much over here, but. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that's not an omen or a sign. Um, and then when they go to Cleveland, why do I feel that no, if Noah Syndergaard pitches against the Dodgers, he's going to completely shut them down. It's going to be the Thor revenge game, and we're just going to have to sit there and take it. And I can't wait to see how social media reacts to to Thor shutting us down. But look, I've been wrong for many, uh, many weeks in a row now with this team. 
but those are things that I'm looking forward to uh, on this next six uh, set of games. Uh, Babyface, uh, your pick, sir. Juan going five and one kind of scares me, but um, I mean, that's kind of how I'm feeling. I think they're going to continue to roll. And, and I think if they do see Noah Syndergaard in, in, in Cleveland, uh, he's not going to fare very well. He, he hasn't, he had that one good start and he hasn't, he hasn't, he's kind of been the same Noah Syndergaard. And I think, you know, if he faces the Dodgers, I think they're going to light him up. Um, Has yeah, he? So. I, th- I thought he had two good starts with them. He had that one where he got pulled, and then the other ones have been, I guess, so. So his last start, I think, was yesterday. He gave up like five or six runs, so oh, in, like yeah. four, in like four innings. So if he pitched yesterday, then that probably means more than likely he might pitch against the Dodgers. Then, um, maybe yeah. We wonder they'll be out there when Monday or Tuesday. This, the that week. series starts on Tuesday. Okay, because Monday you- is a travel day. Do you think with this potential hurricane coming in, do you think the game on Sunday even gets played? Yes, because from what I understand is that weather's not going to come in until late Sunday night. So I, I do believe Sunday, because it's a day game, it will be um, it, it will be uh, completed. And, uh, and so Dodger, yeah. Dodger games never get rained out, too, right? I mean, how, how many years has it been? Like 20 years? I'm telling you, if that ends up happening, that that might be a a, a really bad sign. But just an update or a on good one or a good one. So just an update on Thor. He did end up pitching yesterday, and he gave up six runs in four and a third against the Rojos of Cincinnati. Prior to that, he almost went six innings and gave up one run against the Blue Jays. Uh and then against the White Sox. So, yeah, you're right, Babyface. He's just been up and down uh, with, with the Guardians. You don't know what you're going to get with Thor. I mean, part of me is kind of curious. I would like to see the Dodgers face him and, and kind of light him up, only just because he pulled a Scherzer when he left and, and he made those comments. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast or those of you watching on YouTube, make sure to get your picks in. You can either reach out to us on the Bleed Lows podcast, uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Send us a private message. You can private message La Reina, myself, Babyface. Let us know what your picks are. You listeners, you viewers, you guys are killing it. I mean, you, you guys got a, you got a three-game lead at this point. So, yeah, you must be feeling yourselves. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. Again, make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast and to our YouTube channel, uh, also to our social medias. Uh, yo ha sido su servidor, Juan Ramírez, de parte de mis colegas, la reina de Playa Larga, Amy Cuevas, and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Loss Podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.